everybody. Welcome back to Sound Pollution. This is episode 20. This week I have the Radio Rangers, uh, long-term musicians. They've, they've done everything from writing, teaching band, teaching choir, gigging, producing their own stuff, uh, even raised a couple musician kids. This is a really cool interview. Um, they are relationship goals. I love them so much. I'm really excited to share it with you. Hang on. Um, so we're here with the Radio Rangers. And uh, why don't you guys just jump in real quick and tell everybody who you are and a l- just a little bit about yourselves. Well, we're a duo from Sioux City, Iowa. And we've been working in bands together since 1979. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's longevity. We got married. The band actually is older than our marriage. We got married in 81. We've been music teachers for uh, 33 years of that period. Uh, I taught 512 instrumental and she taught 512 vocal music. Um, we were songwriters throughout there. And in... <laughs> We were first married. We rented a farmhouse. A real nice place. Real. Real nice place. <laughs> was it? Yeah, hundred bucks a month. So that should tell you. And uh, so we spent some of our money on some uh, recording gear, like a 244 Task M244 multi-track, and we wrote an entire album of original songs. Recorded it in our living room. We we learned the tricks and and the angles from a magazine called International Musician. It's long since. Yeah, gone. actually published and printed. You know, yeah. a, ma- a magazine, not something just on YouTube to and, figure uh, out. No was, search engine though. You had to actually flip through and find it. As a band director, I used to work with kids at a honor band, and they had a guy from Minnesota, Pipestone, Minnesota, who made their LPs of the honor band. So I hit him up to press our record. And so he pressed our LP for us. Now, it, it wasn't very good, I don't think, but we we were satisfied with yeah, it. Yeah, but there's a lot of bad records, yeah. you know, so we may as well do it, too. We, we made a bad record, I guess. And you did it, you did it the, the real way, the old school, actual... Well, it was, it was cassette tape, four-track cassette four-track tape. Cassette yep. And the yeah. weird part is, when we were moving in, you know, we had... We didn't have a moving company. We had parents, and it was both <laughs> sets of parents... So, you know, that's always fun, too. But uh, as we're moving in, he kept telling everybody, well, just put that in the studio because we had instruments and things like that. And everybody made fun of the of the oh studio. Yeah, studio. studio, Yeah, because it was really just the the extra bedroom. I thought it was the best bedroom. (laughs) Mine's my closet. So if that makes you feel in another rental house, it was a little a walk-in closet in an upstairs room. It yep. was the coolest. Well, and the the other angle on that house was we had a hardwood floor yeah. uh, room that was like two-thirds the length, and we got some really neat recordings out yeah. of there. We just yeah, that it. had nice sound. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It was great, and and we'd updated our our recording equipment some. We were still using four track, but we had a digital master. Yeah, we, we went to digital mastering on a PCM converter. Right. And. Uh, so our second album, which we released on cassette tape, was mastered on digital. That'd be about, so. that'd be about um, what? 86, 87. Yeah, 86, 87, but that would, the first one was 83, so it yeah. took four years to get that. Yeah, well, you're teaching and you're raising kids. Right, and trying to, yeah. 
And you kept having to buy more stuff, more kids. Yeah. Made, you had to buy more stuff. Yeah, more food. They, yeah. they you know, it's frowned upon <laughs> if you don't yeah. feed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, what's interesting about that, though, is a lot of musicians now are going back to that old school way of recording on tape. Yeah. They're not doing it as digital. They want more of a authentic sound, I guess. It has a ring and a coloration. Tape has a ring and a coloration. Yes, but if you overdubbed too many times, you'd wear, you'd, the, tape you'd wear the tape out and you'd have to start over completely. I think some of them who have seen the romance of analog yeah. tape are going to come to the really uh, crossroads where well, all of a sudden my recording sounds bad. I mean, in my opinion, if you want noise and wow and flutter, you can just mm-hmm. add that with a with a plug-in. You don't, yeah. you don't really... <laughs> You don't really so need don't, to have to. Don't to. actually have to do that to yourself. Like when I record <laughs> drums live to digital, you might compress some. But one of the things I do is I use a little bit of tube distortion as a plug-in in the mm-hmm. ah, and that gives me kind of that tape ring, and so we get kind of a more old school, uh, you know, Motown drums kind of sound that way. So that's a trick that I figured out on my own, but. There's lots of ways to get that analog sound now if you really need it. But all it is is tape hiss and, and ring and noise, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> and I'm sorry, when you can record as clean as we can record with like 96K now. But now the problem for us is we're old. And so, you know, we used to be able, <laughs> we used to, be able to do things and we'd take like 10 takes on it, you know. Okay, now I want you to do that high harmony again. Well, but but you're about three, four on. times on the high <laughs> harmony. It's like I'm done for a week. So, you know, <laughs> like I got to rest the vocals. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. You guys were doing music before you were married. Yeah. A couple what of brought years. you together musically? We were in college together at Morningside here. in. We're Cincinnati. at a bar on a on a yeah. like a, a college trip. I think I was on the college choir tour and it was like MENC music educators conference and so we were in uh Des Moines you know big deal Des Moines but it was you know yeah I mean <laughs> and uh there was a band playing there they at, were so much at, fun and they were so much fun it was a live band and everybody was like we need to do this we need to do this and so three of us did yeah and I really didn't spend that much time with him or the other guy in it and we kind of got rid of the other guy as time went on just because it didn't work as well. And then we would play whatever. We didn't care. We'd play country music. We'd play pop music. We weren't trying rock to recreate roll, classic, the group we heard. We just tried yeah. to get some music that, that Make the people sound we could us. make, you know, with right. two of us. And, then, and that somebody would pay for. Then I when, mean, you know, in a gig. You, can, you do need to get paid. Yeah, well, yeah. you do every once in a while. We first started teaching, then we had young kids, some of them students, yeah. that played for us. And my sister played in the band for a while. Her brother played yep. in the band for a while. Uh, when our kids were in middle school and high school, we actually had a horn band for a while. Nice. And, <laughs> so we've done a lot of different things. We've done musicals as teachers. You know, we've, it's kind of amazing that the ground we've covered in 33 years, 35 years now. Everything for you is music. Yeah, it, we made yeah. a living. Awesome. With I'm super jealous. Also, side note, I'm kind of jealous of your little studio that I'm seeing behind <laughs> you. It's not in a closet. So. Oh, that took a while. Okay. Yeah. Now, now let's you know. be honest here. We're we're you know. You make you make two hundred bucks and gigging, and you got to go buy a new guitar that costs five hundred. Right. Right. You know? and, 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 and we always did that. We always yeah. we always reinvested it. 
And there were times when we, you know, then the kids come along and, you know, they're pretty good musicians and well, then they need instruments. Yeah. You know, we have an acoustic bass. I really wanted to buy that. <laughs> we don't but have we it did. Here And we, I what, three saxophones, a clarinet, a flute. Okay. <laughs> Our son and his wife. Both of them, yeah. Moved to the East Coast to take right. better jobs than they could get here. And he left yeah. his bass and he's like, can you bring my acoustic bass out? And we're like, well, we were going to bring the Volkswagen Rabbit, you know. Uh, it fit. It fit in the Volkswagen <laughs> Rabbit. We actually had well, it sitting we, in the emitter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've never had a vehicle like, well, we only had a couple that were normal vehicles. Otherwise, we always have a van of some sort because you got to haul shit when you're yeah. in a position. That's but, just a given. But you got to drive all the way to you with the neck up on the <laughs> right. dash. You know, right. The, the <laughs> up on the dash. <laughs> we but got it, was, it there. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Your kids do music, too. How many kids do you have? Is it okay two. if I ask that? I'm sorry. We have two. Our son is uh, works in, in D.C. with his yeah. wife. They both work for the government. And they have three kids. So they don't have any time to themselves. No. And then, no. And then my daughter was teaching music full-time. And her husband teaches music full-time. And it's a small South Dakota town. So he also taught, I think, sixth grade English. English for a while, yeah. With mm-hmm. that with that music split and uh with covid she actually resigned but she also has twin two-year-olds so she's got she doesn't do. really have a whole lot of time yeah no um, but she will again it's yeah. it, it takes a minute well and her and her mother have a have an educational music <laughs> well uh, and, online and her husband yeah they yeah, they have too. a teacher music teacher of supplies basically not supplies but uh you know, worksheets and, and units and online stuff and interactive boom cards and just uh, all kinds of things she's done for. Which is really cool. It's one of those things, you know, gigging is one of those things that you do and then you stand around after you're packed up and wait for the money. Yeah. Yeah. But this this stuff that I post there, it's, it's also some uh, some choir arrangements. Yeah. And you just once you get them posted up there. You just gotta wait for the money to come in. Yeah, she's. I mean, it's it's so nice. different. It's At, just. When I was teaching, I wrote percussion ensembles <laughs> right. for my kids, and she said, "Are you? Can we publish a couple of your cu- percussion ensembles?" And she's got one published now, and so she's basically functioning as a publisher now online. Well, and see, the thing is, we always taught in these little schools, and so let's just say talent was was not a commodity that was always there. Mixed. Yeah. And so. It was sometimes easier just to write something. Find something that fits your kids, you know. It made it, it was actually faster. And so I'm just kind of getting all that stuff assembled. And then I make a quick multi-track recording, not on tape. Not on tape. A digital (laughs) multi-track. And then, of course, with Cubase, when I sing it wrong, I can fix it. <laughs> and tighten up harmonies and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, we just but, use yeah, a, just a whole different a, thing for that. A digital A track these that's, days. That's that's really not like what so, what Radio Rangers is at all. No, that's just kind of you know an extension of the songwriting stuff that we've always done. It's where it led. Okay, so individually, what made you decide music was what you had to do? Oh God, that's been so long ago. Who would remember? <laughs> Well, when she was in high school, I'll, I'll speak for something I know about her. When she was in high school, before I knew her, she wrote a, a song and ended up in uh, a competition. And she won an, a, a prize for the song. It was a patriotic song. Yeah, but it was, just, it was just a 
like a little trophy type thing. It wasn't money. And then she used to conduct <laughs> a choir at church yeah. and, uh, you know, she'd play her her uh, folks's friend would always insist that she play at their oh, parties. Yeah. Well, and yeah. So she was a guitar player singer long before I even knew her. And so I I ended up being a music teacher because of uh, having pizza with my band director at Honor Band. He says, you know, you could be a, mu- a music teacher, and I'm, I, which kind of floored me at the time. And mm-hmm. I hadn't even really crossed my mind to do it. And this would be when I was a junior in high school. And so I looked into it. My big sister was in college and in band there, so I'd always been in band, and so I ended up making it my life's living and playing in a band, you know. I don't know if there was ever a choice. I, I you know, I see other people that, I, I watched a lot of people that were really fine musicians struggle mm-hmm. because they just wanted to be musicians, and for me, it was a matter of teaching was a something else that I loved just as much yeah and to be able to teach music and watch kids find themselves the way I had with music and find a place in this world the way I had with music that it was like you know it's just a logical thing and I I just can't imagine not having music in my world you know I came up on a farm one of the songs and you get a chance to listen on on uh, Bandcamp, one of the songs in the album is how I came up with music. Um, I grew up on a sharecropping farm here in Iowa, mm-hmm. and uh, I sang all the time. <laughs> I was cultivating corn or plowing or whatever. It was just I hard did. For- I did listen to that. Yeah, I listened. I yeah, went to Bandcamp. Yeah. That song's truth. <laughs> that's exactly what I was when I was a kid, and and you know I've, I've been involved in music ever since, one fashion or another. So. So it was almost like it wasn't a choice either one of you made. It was just what no, it was. It's just it's who we are, I guess. Yeah, and we were lucky enough to be able to do that for all those years. I mean, we quit for most of the time. One of us was gigging in some fashion. We were always teaching. Yeah. Um, there was a about 10 years where I really wasn't singing because by the time I sang at school and Your did my job, was there, wasn't, there wasn't a voice left. But we, when we retired and we were lucky enough with music teaching that we were able to retire at 55. Okay. Nice. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now we don't, we don't dream. We don't make much. Yeah. I mean, let's but, just say we always qualify for the stimulus check. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, there's never a question on that. And then we also live in an area that's not like that. But we went back and started gigging again. It was like, well, this is fun, and we have time to think about it. We had a, we took one trip to Florida. Friend had us. Friend down. had us down, and we looked for a couple places to play down there, and we did, and that was kind mm-hmm. of fun. It's a lot was of fun. A, it was a lot of old people. Yeah. And then we went to, uh, we had some other friends out in Nebraska that said, oh, you need to come down to Arizona. You guys would fit in great. So we did. And if you've never been to Arizona, it was actually oh. Mesa, Arizona was the area it was in. And a uh, bunch of snowbirds, bunch of snowbirds, there's miles and miles and miles of older people of campers avoiding the cold weather. And every campground has a, a place for people to gig and stuff. But nice. again, I'm I'm not ready for that yet. No. We'll just gig around here and, and do some. Yeah. Some of that stuff. You well, know, and but. now we, as a duo, we're kind of a unique act. I play drums, and then I played some lead things on a keyboard. Um, so we fit in little bitty bars right. that probably couldn't even fit a band in there, you know. Uh-huh. 
And we've got a whole series of them around here. One's in yeah. up in Minnesota. One's down here in Southwest Iowa. You know, we're yeah. Nebraska. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of and, places we. And play. it's 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 so different. You know, teaching you actually have to like wear nice clothes and and there's certain language you can't use. Yeah. Um, but right. now when you're in these little bars, it's a very personal thing. And the more, the more we do some of the things, the more they get wound up. I mean, I always compare playing a bar like teaching uh, junior high choir. OK, because yeah. your eyes right on. If you get Pretty anything rowdy. out of them, they're right on the edge of it could get really bad and somebody could be fighting. OK, I mean, it's just yeah, crazy. But the, bar in, the bar in Pender is one of our favorite places to play. And the, the one of the owners, the wife of the owner. Yeah, she always requests a rodeo song. Yes. I don't know if you've heard the rodeo song, and I won't put you it. You should look it up. <laughs> I will. I'm actually writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way: this is a this is an R-rated song. <laughs> Excellent. We were taught we this song. from that around here. <laughs> we, we were taught this song by one of our first guys that would hire us. He says, you guys, you guys got to got to hear this song. And it was in his jukebox because they couldn't play it on the radio. And so he took the record out of the jukebox and sent it home with us to yeah, learn. I had two copies. I got another copy back yeah. here, he yeah. says. We so learned we it. learned it, you know. Every country, I think every country band that might be listening to us is laughing right now because they know the road. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. And, you know, you can, <laughs> you can tell what kind of crowd you have. And how open-minded they're going to be just by that. Yeah. <laughs> when the owner requests I've, a rodeo song, you feel pretty safe. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're like, I can pretty much do anything in here. We're all just going to have a good time. Well, most of the places we play are like that now. Yeah. Uh, we did have some fairly formal ones. We played at a bunch of fairs. Now, we haven't yeah. played for about, what, nine months? Now we played this summer. If we could be outdoors and away from people, we played several yeah. times private party we kind of have to play a concert set and it's yeah. and it's nice work if you can get it grab those gigs if you can because yeah. a lot of people can't yeah. Yeah. yeah well we just it's well, it's cold here we can't play out on the patio or anything you know well, it's, we have it's state fair we had iowa state fair here a while back sioux empire fair hires us fairly often yeah. we've played some county fairs around up in south dakota nebraska and iowa and yeah, you it's know, just fun. it's just, you put we usually do a handful of our originals and some classic country and maybe a big hit or two that's more recent, but yeah, it's just kind of a concert environment then, you know, you're just playing songs, yeah. talking to the audience. We're not very uh, much able to put a show on because... Well, we're both busy, we're, <laughs> yeah, well, and we're old, but, but you know, if you're playing, I, I'm trying to play guitar and the bass line and mm -hmm. he's playing drums and keyboard and then we're both singing, and then I have a harmony pedal because, again, we're old. Right. And if we try to sing harmony all night, you know, you, we'll you get shot. shot. So you just just have to keep a foot. But for me, just getting one foot and on the harmony pedal and playing, that's enough. So. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like more, the, like the big, bigger fair gigs or the little bar gigs? Little bars. Yeah. yeah. Bars. Bars it's such bar. an instant feedback. You know, the fairs, everybody's kind of behaving. They might have a yeah, beer and they yeah. might, you know, woo woo whatever. And if they do, if somebody does get what really wild, like they did up at Sioux Empire, there, yeah. you're like, wow, where'd they find all that beer? You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, you know, the bars is instant feedback. We play right. in Lakeview, Iowa, and that's a fun bar. And, and they're just right on top right, of you. Right there, too. you know, right in you know, front. You know, all, all so the things intimate. that we can't do right now, they're just right on top of you. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> and they, they come up and they throw a fiver or a buck in your bucket and they say, do you know this song? And, you know, well, I know another song by that artist. And that's enough. You know, they're really mm -hmm. very nice about it. So at some level, 
bar gigs the way we're doing them are kind of like busking and yeah. gigging you know it's it's kind of a cross well we do that too we play down at the farmer's market yeah and you know you don't really make that much in tips but you it's so fun because yeah. you're just yeah. you know it's just a it's well, you get to see kids there and yeah you, it's, yeah it's just so cool to see little kids little reacting kids. to music they either react or they're fast their parents teach them how to tip the band and yes. respond to live music because that's so important for people to understand what live music is. Yeah, it we is, and we're we're all missing it right now. We are yes. really are. Explain to the listeners what your sound is or how you came up with it. Either way, we came up with it because there were two of us. Mm-hmm. We knew that we could get along and nobody quit, although. We we joked about it when we took some publicity photos. We never took publicity photos with a band. That somebody didn't leave. That somebody the band. didn't leave the band before we like used the publicity. Well, you know, oh, the no. old days you had to get, send the film in to get it developed, and we never ever used one of those photos with. We get pictures back. It's like, oh, that's right. We took those with him in there, didn't we? Oh, great. So so you know that's part of the joke. The other part was we just kind of wanted to play something where I could just play guitar in the style that I can. I kept, I'm not a lead player. And he wanted to play lead, but we really needed a drummer. And we don't need a, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a great keyboardist. I studied percussion in college. I understand keyboards and and I can, can do some minor, major blues things, uh, nothing fancy at all. But a lot of that is all it takes. You're going to play eight or you're going to play a, a bridge or whatever, an intro, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just set it up in my drum kit and, uh, moved my toms into the electronic realm off farther to the right. And in my keyboard, it's an MX-49 Yamaha. We have like a thousand sounds and they're all sampled sounds. Fabulous electric guitars in there. We have some great, like say, accordion, things like that, that fit in our kind of country vein, folk vein, whatever. And uh, we just look for songs that we can make work because our philosophy on picking a song is a strum and a drum, right. you know, cause a lot of songs, what drives the tune is a strum and a drum, you know, whether yeah. that's country or rock or whatever, there's a basis that, uh, uh, there's a motivation to the tune and it's a strum and a drum. And if that song is attainable with a strum and a drum, then we go after it. And if we can add an intro or a bridge or a lead chorus, we do. And if we don't, we don't. So. And and the bass is part of playing guitar. You know that you can kick yeah. the bass with that. So I have a a, a a pedal that does those, but it only works for songs that don't have a complex or a, a, the the bass line that drives the thing. Yeah. Because a walking bass line, no, I don't do that. Well, I can't do that. There's you know? songs we purposefully avoid because, because it doesn't the work. bass player drives the tune. Yep, there are songs know? that are so bass-centric. And bass as a centric. duo where we don't have a bass player, and we know a very fine bass player we here. We know and, lots of fine bass players, and, but and, yeah. You know, I kind of feel guilty not hiring them, but the places we're playing, I there's think... Not room for there's else. not room for anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> One of the bars we play, Max Capacity is 49. Oh, God. <laughs> but they get more than Intimate. that in there. But that's oh, right. true. <laughs> so the fire marshal. Well, they take them. turns because they go outside to smoke and, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's just at once, you know. But they're just <laughs> Iowa neighborhood bars and literally neighborhood because the towns around here, you know, average about three, four hundred people. And so the bar doesn't have to be big, you know. And so and we just. We go recruit, you know, hey, you guys want some live music? And they're like, yeah. And they'll book us, you know, two, three, four times a year 
Well, if you get enough of those going, you can get quite and, a bit of and work. And we play. We we learned that if you play cheaper, they'll hire you. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to get paid more. Because, because the tips. if yeah, all you have to do is know a few of the tunes that they want. And you know, we've been doing this long enough. There's not very many times they can stump us. Yeah. And so they if love you play, to play a, stump the band. Right, they do. And you play <laughs> one and then they have to do more. But uh, you know, then they throw tips in there and, and we're talking lots of times the tip bucket is as much as we make you know, for what we've asked to get paid. Yeah. So So I can be a pretty good haul. Yeah, no. Well and yeah. I know, mean for two people. people. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't have life. to divide it up as yeah. Well, yeah. Divide it up four ways, and that was the other part. When you're playing with a four-piece band, everybody wants a, a decent wage. And you, you know? got four schedules and four vehicles. And, and four you got monitors four and four and, microphones to feed back. And, and four, it's a lot to haul. Four opinions. Who maintains it, and does anybody get a cut for the PA? And it's just so much. And done that, been there, got the T-shirts, you know. And as we retired from teaching, it was like, can we just do it with the two of us? Because that's how we started out. You know, I actually started out, I played bass and she played guitar and we just sang. And Well, we were supposed to have a harmonica player, but he didn't. He, he, well, he was only, by invitation only, I guess. But he did a good job. <laughs> we're going to have been married 40 years in May. She knows all my that's stories. Amazing. And I, them and I, I know. It, that, that, that's, that's impressive. Not a lot of people are capable of doing that, especially also working together. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. And our kids had to go to school with us there. That's amazing. Some, some, some days it was a little tense. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, I say that, but then quarantine happened, so I kind of can't right. imagine. Right. I'm not married, but I do have a teenager. Oh. Yeah. And there were days I would be like, what? And she would just be staring at me. And it wasn't a happy stare. I'm not sure. It's That's it's a normal. different animal. Yeah. <laughs> they do that. It happens. My, my favorite age was always middle school. Yeah, because they they smelled bad, they were weird, and they didn't have <laughs> any cynicism in them. They didn't know what you know. It, they didn't know it was just all honesty. And then they get to high yeah, school all the time, and and it was all they were the always always worried about what everybody thought, you know. And yeah. there's no way I would do it again. I and going back to you, how'd you get into music? Life sucked until I got a guitar and started singing for people. I had no identity. I was just, oh, my God, this is awful, you know, in junior high there. And uh, so, like I said, when I started teaching and I saw the same transformation happen with kids, it was it was uh, just magical. You know, it was like, well, this was what I was meant to do. So the silly little songs I write, uh, as the kids would tell me, they were music teacher songs because yeah. <laughs> they're always happy and flowery. You could probably write, go right down the list on the on the songs on the album of which ones I wrote and which ones he wrote, and and it's because <laughs> it's like mine were always mine could always be turned into a, a junior high choir tune. But the last <laughs> cut, the last cut is a song you used as a music teacher song. Yeah, I did, but you wrote it. Yeah, actually. Actually, we That's all wrote co- that together. Yeah, yeah, we co-wrote that one, even with our kids involved. Yeah. What yeah. That, what's the name of that song? Touch a Heart. Touch a Heart. Yeah. Okay, I was about a, to ask. That yeah. was a song that was arranged for jazz choir, and did you do it with concert choir? I did, no, I did it with jazz choir. It's out there right now, and uh, several other people have done it. And yeah. they always go, well, that's a good one, because you can improvise. I, I was 
I, I never really liked the, the show choir thing. It, I was in a small school and, you know, show choir with 13 Expensive. kids and not very many of them that could sing. And then you had to put them in funny outfits. And by the time you did that much, it didn't work. So when jazz choir came along, you gave everybody a microphone. So you're somebody that could actually hear and sing. Yeah. You could adjust and, and make them sound good. So I just kind of jumped into that. I had but a then jazz the background, problem, so I would write right. little chord progressions and stuff. I'd noodle out on the piano, write down. I think she actually found. The I pro- did. I found a chord progression in his pocket. No, in your billfold. I watched his billfold, found a chord progression in there, <laughs> and I said, "Hey, you know." He goes, and I said, "Can I throw this away?" And he goes, "No, I'm going to write a song with that." <laughs> oh and he God. did. And I said, "Well, so write write me some words because I need a, a jazz choir tune." It was a nice little Latin thing. It's called Sight of Mind. Yeah. And the kids loved it. We won a state championship with it. Nice. It was like, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the deal. You find the songs where you can. Like I said earlier, it's like you find I could find things that would fit my kids. And and it worked really well. Yeah. Because small schools are a whole different thing. Love it when a plan comes together. Yeah. You guys are relationship goals. She's just like, oh, I found a chord progression in your pocket. <laughs> and now it's a song that one. It's just it's fine. It's no big deal. <laughs> I think you're one of the first people who's got that. Because a lot of people find notes and maps no. in there. No. And, and, you know, we didn't even talk about the, oh, shit, we washed his billfold. Okay. Yeah. I think I had yeah. to get a new credit card. <laughs> yeah. She's like, what is this? You're he- oh, chord progression. Okay, that's normal. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't some waitress's number, right? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yes, winning. Winning all the way. Meant to be. <laughs> I bet that was a fun house. That's a fun house. Oh, it was a fun house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's it's any well, house has has things and times. And there's yeah. always places in your life where things get tough. Okay. That's just a given. Yeah. Just got to, got to work through them. And we, we both always worked at it. Our kids both work at it. Well, Ben and, has you know, been a musician and he's a great bass player and a fabulous vocalist. And, and, uh, he works with a band called uh, flood lore and they do progressive rock on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. Three piece uh, band. It's just, it's a scary. Great good. guitar player. Scary good. Ben does some Super vocals. He's a great bass player. And their and friends they do are all great their, drummer. They do all their own recording, too. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're, In-house. Fully independent. That's what I'm talking about. So tell me about Be With You. Who wrote that? That's yours. That's my song. That's my song. Um, I Actually, I think I wrote that one when we bought the, the VFX. We, we, we bought a really nice digital recorder, multi-track. It was a Roland VFX. Very nice. Amazing. The only problem was it had a, a red light and a green light and a yellow light all in the same thing. And you push the button multiple times and then it would, it would tell you whether you're recording on standby or playing. Okay. But he's colorblind. And just happened to be in that, <laughs> oh, no. in that range of those colors. I could I could see the yellow, but between the red that's and green, it. I wasn't sure. So I had so every time work. I use it, I had to go, that's then that, yeah, then that. Yeah, I had to so think every track. It didn't there. work. It didn't work. But beautiful I, machine. Yeah. And it was one of those where I was I was learning to do some uh I just wanted to learn how to 
I wanted to learn how to sync the 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 digital audio with a MIDI track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's what came out of it was that yeah. song. Yeah. And um, it sat on the shelf for years. We sent it out to some people I, in it Nashville. Did. It did. We, it just sat on. Actually, no, that one didn't go on. It that didn't one. go that on that after, tape. No. Um, but it just sat sat there for I would say 15 years, and then we put this group together and we could actually play it again, you know. So, so we, it was. We put it back on this. Yeah, we put it on this album, and it was like, well, that's a nice song, and you know, with the kids out of the house, you get along better too. So it meant more again. Drive for a day Find a place 
Montana was a song I wrote in college. <laughs> Our neighbor, I won't go into the gory details, but he died. And his grandson ended up finishing up at his farm before they sold it. And then his uncle had a ranch in Montana. Mm-hmm. And so my father and I had to take a truckload of furniture out to their ranch. And I'd never been to Montana, so it was kind of a fun trip. You hadn't been out of the county. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd been to Rapids. Oh, right. that's right, yeah. But anyway, so uh, we went out in late April, I think it was, and Montana was in springtime. And I was just, I don't know, I just got swamped by the beauty of the place. It is gorgeous. Montana in the spring is just fantastic. And it'll break everybody's heart. And so I wrote that song kind of partly on the way back. My father and I rode the bus back, you know. And uh, and then I finished it, I think, mm, probably six months later. And, you know, it's uh, basically how it kind of, personifies Montana as a girl you would fall in love with, okay? okay? You know, you might fall in love with the state of Montana just like you would fall in love with a beautiful girl. And so that's kind of how I wrote that song. So. And then the rest of that is we were fans of John Denver. I don't know if we're allowed to say that. Oh, Absolutely. Right. I basically I learned to play guitar by watching John Denver play live on TV. Because he did, yeah. you know. He and, played live, yeah. Well, okay, and and it was like people did in those days. So did James Taylor, but what he did was so hard I couldn't do it. But he's so good. Yeah, I you know I learned from from this this stuff that John Denver did, and so I put that in that drop D t- tuning when I got together with him years later, and we started doing that with that, and it was like it fit so well, and it made you think of the mountains and the whole bit, the whole John Denver feeling. When, you, when I play guitar on that one is how then I feel about it. I've always been influenced, you know, as a band director, wind instruments in a, in a rock band. I've always had, you know, I'm a big Chicago fan, yeah. uh, you know. But one of the groups, Marshall Tucker, Marshall yeah. Tucker you know, it uses a flute. Okay? Uh-huh. And so I think Marshall Tucker is reason that flute is in there. But then I listened to a lot of progressive rock. So there were, you know, people who played flute in progressive rock bands, um, drummers that I've listened to that, you know, it's not a country song. (laughs) But, you know, I don't like to label music. I just write it. And however it comes out, that's what it is. And you can enjoy it or not. (laughs) But Montana's kind of a it's not your typical, you know, four chord country song. But uh, and it's it's it was written by a college, a person who's, you know, 20 years old and, you know, a real life experience, so. We drove across the prairie in the dark of the night. The moon and the stars helped to brighten our way. Entered Montana under afternoon's light. Montana, I want to have the most you can give. Beauty 
days in the taste of your clean mountain air. to songwriting do you have a like a secret or i know a secret is the stupidest word i could use but you know i think you know what i mean like what is I, your I just, and i just i need to share this because we had we had taught at this one school for quite a while and we were both looking for a job because we thought it was time that we go someplace else and we both ended up with an interview mm-hmm. and Part of the reason we were looking for a job is we were going to have to do a musical the next year. And now we've just done Oklahoma. And it oh. went really well. Well, but, we had a group but, of really talented kids. But two years later, we didn't have that. And so they weren't as talented. They we were, were good like, kids, what are we going to do? And it was good. like, well, let's just. So we're on this way to this interview. We both went to the interview and went, nope, not going to happen. Not going to work there. And so we said, uh-huh. well, we're just going to have to do some kind of crappy little musical. And they make these little they make these little plays. Yeah, that are real easy for, you know, junior uh-huh. high or whatever. And, and they're but awful. they're just we <laughs> piece of crap, right? Well, piece of shit. Okay, yeah. Saying. Well anyway. And and so on the way home we said, Well, shit, we could write our own piece of crap. So <laughs> right. we did. So we did. And but anyway, the the what I'm getting to on this is is uh we Went through, got the dialogue going. I had most of that going. We had most of the story. We talked that over. We had things happening. But now it was time we needed to stick some songs in there. And mm-hmm. so we talked about what we wanted and what style we wanted. And our kids just never laugh really, about this yet to this day. They've never really seen this process. They've never seen this process. But we would talk about it as we were doing stuff. And then, you know, it would be over. One morning, one I think it was a Sunday morning, too. Yeah. They were both downstairs playing computer games because that's what they did. I think I was walking on the treadmill and you decided you were going to write songs. So you said, well, what kind of songs do we need? He ended up writing like five songs in that one morning. Oh <laughs> they all ended up in the show. They all ended up in the show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, it's not like he hadn't thought about it. We, we knew right. what we needed to say. 
But it was like boom, 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 boom. And the kids have laughed about that ever since. I don't know. He got up in the middle of the night and wrote a song. No, he woke up with a lyric. Okay, so he just did that. For me, it's it's more tedious. And I want to say something. Step by Step is one of my songs. That took Mm -hmm. me a month and a half. Okay, he would have written a song like that in maybe five minutes. Okay, so I don't know what the inspiration is. We. It's different for everybody. Yeah. We've designed and built a board game. And <laughs> in doing the graphics for the board game. He wrote songs. <laughs> I had this little town that was part of the board. And oh. I had characters that we needed to pose for graphics on the outside of the packaging. Well, you know, I, I ended up writing this song about a mechanic who works at a gas station in the 60s who is uh, – the lover of, or the, who's fallen, Who wants to be, wants to be the lover of this waitress across the street. Ah, oh, the unrequited love song. <laughs> That's what you, you fill, fill my order. You fill is. my order comes from making graphics for a board game, which is outrageous. <laughs> His brain is just constantly doing it. Yeah, he can rhyme anything with truck or duck. Oh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we on, all? On the fly, okay? You don't know what is coming out when you're doing this live. It's like, oh, my God. But, yeah, <laughs> so I, would, I mean, I did these graphics, you know, with the modeling program and, and a character program that's very common. And, and I was thinking about it, and it's like, well, the gas station's right across the street from the cafe. And that got my mind going. And pretty soon I got a mechanic. He's in love with a pretty waitress, and she doesn't know he's alive, you know? So that's how I wrote that. Maybe I get a maybe I get a saying that means sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Like I I was not happy with the way the election came out four years ago, and it was like everybody hated everybody. I didn't know that four years later we'd still be there, but it was like step by step we got to take a chance, we got to build, we got to get along together. And so I, I that wrote song's that. more applicable today than yeah, it is, ago. it is, and it was that wasn't the intent, but that's what she was after. Yeah, and then I always have trouble with I'll get too many beats in a measure. The, uh, other, <laughs> the other thing was we hadn't really ever done a Motown sound. Yeah, you uh-huh. know? so with step by step, I was like, well, you know, Ben can really wail on bass. That's uh-huh. Ben on bass on yeah. that song, and I just used a little bit of Hammond sound or organ sound. But we kind of went after a kind of a Motowny sound on that song. So I, you know. We asked Ben to play a bass line. He ended up making the the solo in the middle there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh well. <laughs> Just Your family crazy. gatherings must be so much fun. Well, we actually did that one at a distance. Yeah, um, that was a. He's got a. He's got. He was already for, gone. Yeah. Yeah, he did yeah, that yeah, at his house yeah. here, and, and yeah. We send an MP3 and they play it. My I I just had my daughter do an improv solo on a on a arrangement of Wayfair and Stranger because uh, she's got a she's better there. than me, a lot better than me. I had everything there. And I was like, I need a solo on here because I want to demo it out. And so we just we send it back and forth. That's, That's part awesome. Of teachers pay teachers. Right. Right. That out. is. Yeah. But we do a lot of things. Keeps us out of trouble or keeps us in trouble. I'm not sure. Which. That makes a tax write off. <laughs> That's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're in the business. Uh, um, do you have any advice for independent musicians that are out there right now trying to do this? Just do it. Because you've been at it for a while. 
Well, I think you can waste a lot of money in a big fancy studio. Mm-hmm. And, For and sure. Have, having never done a big fancy studio, because I never have. But we've had I'm people probably pay us to use our school. studio. Yeah, we've had people come in and make <laughs> demos in our studio, rock band. Uh, yeah. We've recorded a Dixieland band twice. Nice. Um, we, you know, um, we've recorded spoken voice. Uh, book, poetry. Poetry yes. in a book. <laughs> Um, you know, so the our studio right. once we got it going, and it wasn't much. I mean, it was a handful of mics and a yeah. you know multi track. That's all it was. But just do it. You know, just don't learn be afraid how. to spend a few hundred dollars on some multi track yeah. recording gear so you can write your songs and and make good quality sound. And I guess so. That's the first thing. You don't think it's if you're if you're out to just have the big studio experience, make sure you have the big studio talent. A lot of you. Might have the money, you might want the experience. Make sure it's worth your time. Make sure it's worth their time. The other thing is, uh, I don't know. I was just gonna say, it's not gonna be. You're gonna just do it. I keep saying just do it, but the reality of that is, you're just gonna have to learn things that you don't want to learn. Yeah. You're gonna find yourself watching really long YouTube videos to figure out how to run the uh, variable pitch in Cubase yeah. so that you can make yourself not When you messed sing up out that vocal there, you got to right. fix that vocal. And, right. And, you and know, or your guitar wasn't tuned quite right on your bend or whatever. YouTube is great now. We didn't have that. We just had to, we used to hang out in a couple of music stores and then and talk with people. And, and you know, there's two types of people when you, you talk to people in music stores. There's the salesmen and there's, there's the people that actually do things. And don't write these old cats off because they sometimes huh. know lots of things. And don't just watch YouTube, but read right. books. Right. I, the first book we bought was the Rappaport book, which is <laughs> about making your own recording yeah. at home and selling it for right. your band. The other book we, or the other magazine we used was International Musician, you know, and it was about recording and songwriting. And mm-hmm. that magazine's long gone. But All of it's all long. They gone had so many great technical articles in that magazine, and I just I read every one of them because I wanted to learn about getting my mics in phase, you know, and stuff like that when I was recording. So people get stuck in uh, well, somebody said this is what you have to have, and this is what I learned when I went to class. Well, it it isn't always as simple as that. You don't always get a microphone. You don't always get a voice that sounds good that way. You don't always get somebody that plays in that way, and you have to be able to. Find a new way. Uh, use your use your brain. Study. Listen to that. To try to you know use your ears. Try to try to figure out a different way of doing things that you can afford and that you can make work. You know, it's, don't give up. If you're gonna do the big studio experience, make sure you know what. Every note is going to be before you practice, practice, practice. (laughs) You're going to spend hundreds of dollars. And if you don't know, you walk in there and you don't know what every note is you want on that recording, you're going to waste a lot of money. Which is why I like to have the the equipment at home because you can practice, practice, practice on your own equipment a long time. Yes, a lot cheaper. But we just have always done it this way. We don't know if it's right. We're not sure we do a lot of things right. It's just the way we do things. Yeah, it just gave us something to do for a long time. And it works for you. Yeah. And you get some good music out of it, some very good music. 
Well, you know. Well, I appreciate that. Um, sometimes yeah. we wonder. <laughs> the MK4. Yeah, um, so final, final question. Do you have any cool, like, performing story that sticks out in your head? Anything funny or crazy just that you'll never forget? <laughs> that I was thinking of the time we got we had a place in, and uh, I won't say the name of the town, but we had a place that we'd play two nights, and it was far enough away that we'd have to take take the kid up to grandparents, drop him off, which took quite a while. And then we would pick up the guys and we'd drive down and stay overnight. Oh, okay. Well, we did it three, four times and had a lot of fun. It was really boring because, you know, you're in this little town and you have to, you know, find something to do all day. But we got down there the last time we played. They we got there and, and, well, shit, there was stuff on the stage. It somebody, wasn't ours. Somebody, somebody else was going to play. It was just sitting there. It wasn't set up. It wasn't. Well, anyway, yeah. So like, we wait talked a minute. With, yeah, yeah. We talked with the owner and, oh, I don't know. Well, we had the cops out looking for you. He, he had, he had like, a phony well, we baloney. the same place we did. Phony baloney lie about what it was. But a typical owner, you know, it's like, well, you're, you're probably going under in a while. We don't care, whatever. And so this group that he had there that was managing the place for him and taking care They're of the taking entertainment. They're taking the music, yeah. So... We played and gee, the crowd was lighting up really nice. So here, here they came and said, "Well, we want to do a couple songs." Because they had been to Nashville. They'd been to Nashville. Yeah. And they knew. Yeah. The- yeah, you and every other musician. Well, we went to Nashville a couple times too. We were tourists, but whatever, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's another story. So anyway, so we start playing and or they start playing and and the guys shouting out chords on blue suede shoes. Because, you know, we wouldn't be able to tell what 12-bar blues are. But anyway, yeah, so he's shouting out the chords to us, and we're all like, just leave us alone. And and the crowd's getting more and more like, you guys kind of suck, you know. Yeah, what is Finally, this? Finally, somebody goes, the name of the, the group that we were playing with them was called Prairie Fire. And he goes, we want Prairie Fire. <laughs> Several people <laughs> in the audience did. So they left. <laughs> but, yeah, no. you know, there's nothing quite like getting there and having other people's stuff on stage. You're like, oh, shit. That's pretty typical, though. I mean, it happens. It does. But like I like said, that. this was the one that we had to have a babysitter and we had to go stay overnight in a hotel. And it's all that work and you get there and you're like, really? Yeah, we, really? It wasn't like we changed houses or anything. Oh, we had the cops out looking yeah, for you. It's like, no. I don't think you did. No. <laughs> no. You, you got drunk and forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And you were going to tell. Oh, well. It's... That's just a, yeah. That was just. <laughs> That one's just a how we, we avoided a fight. About Nashville, though, we did the first time we in 84, 83, 84, we, we went and we camped in our van. After the first album. Because, you know, we didn't have anything else. So we just camped in the van and we went. It was still when Music Row was like. Yeah, the a old thing. Music Row. Which yeah. Is, oh, really? And so we took a box of records and walked, went from walked up and down the street. Walked up and down the street, and the tour buses were driving by, pointing at us and all the other people out there with their tapes, going up and down Music Row, peddling our songs. In those <laughs> oh, days, cool though. Yeah. In those days, you would walk like we went into the front office of Alabama and and uh, uh, Ed Bruce and a couple of different artists had their publishing uh, wings there, and we would walk in there'd be a receptionist with a southern accent. How y'all doing today? And we're doing fine, you know. Yeah. And it's like, do you, will you accept uh, unsolicited recordings? And all did. And every one of them took our recording. Every one. Wow. Uh, I believe Ed Bruce yeah. had a cardboard box sitting on the counter. Good luck box. with that now. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, we stuck, you know, we stuck it in there. And she says, 
We listen to everything we get because we don't know where the next hit's coming from. We had one guy that took us in the back and played our record and, and sat there with us and talked about it. Yeah. And and then one guy that wanted. He told us, well, you got $5,000. You got $5,000. We'll get you on, on the radio tomorrow. I think he's what you call a shyster. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah. <laughs> when our kids were about oh, 10 and 13, whatever. Junior high. Junior high. We went back to Nashville. We wanted to show them Nashville. It was all and different. It was all gone. It was all gone. You know, couldn't 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 do unsolicited music. And it was it. You don't send unsolicited stuff to anybody. And, you know, that I really think that that incident that happening is why independent music kind of got its momentum was because nobody's wanting to buy my songs. I'm just a recording myself, you know, and I I think that's a healthy thing. I really do, do too. I, I, you know. There were shysters there that were just stealing people's money, telling them they were great when yep. they weren't, yep. which we would have been one of those, yep. you know, but we didn't have the money, thank God. And, you know, we're, we're local gig musicians is all we are. And I'm not ashamed of that at all. You know, I've mm-hmm. never really wanted to be a star. <laughs> I wanted the star stuff. Yeah, they got neat you stuff. Know. Yeah. I didn't, you know. And we go see a big road band, you know. It's like, fun. And you say, what's he playing for guitar? What's that amp? Or, you know, what's those drums? Yeah. But, you know, the fact that, you know, Kathy Matea, who we love, was on stage, wasn't really her that we were there for. It was, you know, we want to hear this band. I was working for an insurance company for a short while. <laughs> we went to Milwaukee to the insurance agents gathering. Mm-hmm. The only show that was really we were going to be able to go to was... Uh, Paul, Anka. Paul Anka. And we were like, mm. you know, here we are, <laughs> teachers. And we're like, oh, Paul right. Anka. Well, you know, I mean, the, Paul Anka was old, old to us. That's so we were not like, the kind uh, of music. Oh, this would be great. And we these guys were all a bunch so of nerds anyway. We were so blown away by Paul Anka's band. So blown away by, <laughs> by Paul, Paul Anka's Anka. show. It was so amazing. So blown away by his singing. It was an amazing show. And it just kind of taught us a lesson. It's like, you know, don't judge things no. by labels. It's not fair. I uh, mean, he he showed us what live music could he do. Just, they just kicked it. You ass. know, it was like they, they had did. that place on their feet. And I mean, just electric, like we popped up. It was that. It was a great experience from audience of a Paul Anka show. You know, yeah, he's a Vegas act, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just not our cup of tea. Not you our know? cup of tea. And yeah. it was like, wow. We had more fun. And I think that was really where I learned, you know, you can label things all you want, but it doesn't do you any good. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode with the Radio Rangers. Um, please remember to like and follow Sound Pollution on whatever platform you're using to listen I know I'm seeing all the downloads. I am so incredibly grateful, but I don't have a lot of followers. So make sure you click that follow or subscribe button. Really appreciate it. It helps get sponsors, et cetera, et cetera. Also, uh, I have a new website. It is soundpollutionpodcast.com. And make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on all social media as well. Next week's episode will feature Paul DeMarco, and the week after that, I have Stacking Pennies. If you would like to be on the show, please shoot me an email at soundpollutionpodcast at gmail.com. And you guys have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening. Make some noise. Make some noise.